message are titled The Power to Heal and to Cast Out Demons. The Power to Heal and to Cast Out Demons. But today I want to focus on dealing with demons. It's amazing how the church thinks, uh, especially in the West, we act like all the demons have vacated the West and they've gone to Africa. So stand up. We're going to get through this quickly. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. So, last time I said, the believer has been saved and ordained by Jesus Christ to deal with the blessing. In other words, to make the blessing effective in people's lives through the gospel. Our job is to enforce the blessing on the lives of people. God has given us that authority. And we have the gospel of Christ is the power of God. The faith in the, Bible, in the gospel of Christ is the power of God unto salvation. When people are saved, like the Bible tells us, Jesus was sent by God after God raised him from the dead to bless you first. So we enforce the blessing. Now, demons enforce the curse. That's their job. They enforce the, cur- the curse. And we're going to go through this. I always like to stay with scriptures. As God gives you revelation, you see in the scripture, uh, the Bible says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Until you understand the truth, you will not understand what's happening in the spiritual realm. But once your eyes are open to the truth, then you lose the fear. And then you can act on God's behalf and God confirms his word with signs following. Now, every believer has the power to cast out demons. And demons still exist today. And they're hurting so many people. People's lives and Christians don't even know that they're actually doing things against their own life, your own personal life. We have to recognize that these forces are still here. Now, demons don't die. Have you heard about a familiar spirit? A familiar spirit is a spirit that was familiar with the life of somebody who is already dead. They have all the information. They've been with them sometimes from the time they were born until they die. And that's familiar spirit. And they can, you know, give information about the dead person to someone who is alive and make them feel like, well, I guess the dead person is still alive and speaking to me. No, they are waiting for judgment. It's appointed unto man, wants to die, and after that, the judgment. I was dealing with a girl in my office. She, she said, she thought a boyfriend, and I guess I said this last week, she thought a boyfriend had returned back to, to her, and she was holding on to this uh, golf ball, and um, a teddy bear that belonged to him. And I was telling her, you need to understand, he's gone. He's not with you. She says, but he talks to me. And I, I, I hear his voice. He loves me. 
She was in my office there. We were talking about this. And uh, I kept trying to persuade her because I knew the demon was maintaining his right. He's not going to leave because she wants him in her. And all I was doing, my real job now, was the gospel, preaching to her, just helping her understand. Just say you don't want him and he'll be gone. No. And then all of a sudden, she turned her eyes turned and she looked at me. And these words came out from her mouth. Um, you can't cast me out. She doesn't want me to leave. I said, oh no. And I said, I'm not talking to you. Be quiet. I'm talking to her, okay? But these are forces. That's a familiar spirit. And has all the information about the, boy, the boyfriend that's gone. And so she thinks, actually, that this is really her boyfriend talking to her. And so this is what we must understand. However, my point is, every believer has the power to cast out devil. You don't have to be afraid of them. They are afraid of you. They love you when you are ignorant. <laughs> but once you know the truth, they are scared of you. Whenever they see you, they say, here comes trouble. What is he up to now? What is she up to now? Because Jesus has ordained you and empowered you. Now, remember when the, people, the disciples were sent out 70 in, in Luke chapter 10, they were sent out two by two when they got back. I mean, Jesus instructed them to heal the sick, cast out devils, and all of that. But in their time, casting out devils was a big thing. That was huge for them. They knew about healing the sick. That was good. But casting out devils. And so when they got back, they were so excited. And I'm going to read this for you. For you. In Luke chapter 10, beginning from verse 17 through 19, it says, Then the 70 returned with joy. They were so excited, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. That was what was exciting about Notice they never said anything about healing. What was really exciting, we got them out, all of them. They were so excited about that. We should be as excited about that today as they were. Notice they were not rebuked by Jesus. Okay, but what about the healings? No. Jesus went along with them. And this is what he said to them. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Whenever we are out helping people, getting them to understand, Jesus can free you from all your addictions and the troubles you have in your life. Receive him into your life. Let him free you. We can deal with those demons. We're not afraid. We'll get you to where you want to go if that's where you want to go. Jesus said, I saw him. In other words, Jesus was there when Satan was thrown out from heaven. And by this fellow fell down like lightning. I mean, he was going down real fast. He was helpless falling from heaven, okay? <laughs> he fell down like lightning. Helpless. Why should we be scared of somebody that fell like lightning? He was so helpless. His only power is deceit. And when we are wounded and we're deceived through the, we're deceived through the wounds, then we think we have a powerful devil. But he roars, notice the Bible says, he's, he roars like a lion, right? Meaning he's not really a lion. He looks like one, but he's got no teeth in his mouth. And he has no claws, he can't hurt you. Somebody wants to bite you and has no teeth. That's a funny thing to, to experience. What are you trying to do? Bite me? 
But he said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And then Jesus said, said, said this, Behold, I give you the authority. We have the authority. Notice, the word is not power because you're not fighting with him. The policeman, when he stops you, he's not fighting with you, right? He has the authority to give you a ticket. You can be angry, but you're going to pay that ticket, okay? You can yell at him. He's got the authority. He's writing it. He delivers it to you, and that takes care of it. We have the authority to tread, to trample on serpents, that's demonic forces, and scorpions. And over all of the power of the enemy. The believer needs to understand that. Over all the power of the enemy. And then Jesus added this. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. You can cast out any demon. I don't care how long he's been there. Even if he claims to be Lucifer, tell him you're going to come out. In my early days, when I started this, it was like a ministry for me. But I just got saved and I never dealt with any demon before. It was safe, okay? <laughs> and I was dealing with a girl, a girl in a class in Georgia that I'd brought to the Lord. But she was experiencing some difficulties. And, uh, and, and you know, I started spewing out scriptures at her. That was what I knew. I said, you, you got to stop doing this crazy stuff you're doing. And I quote all the scriptures to her. You can't do this. And I quote, thou shalt not, and all of that. And I kept talking to her. And she says, I don't understand. I pray. I go to chapel. I cry out to God. But this thing continues. I just can't help myself. Why don't you pray for me? And I says, cap out. You got to deal with this thing. Okay? You have, to, you have to fight this stuff. And she says, look, why don't you pray for me? And so I said, okay, have fun. And so I started praying for her. And then all of a sudden, she's thrashing out. And I'm going, oh, look, God, please go call pastor. I'm telling you, I can't deal with it. Go, where is pastor? He's 200 miles away. I'm here by myself. And she's pulling her hair. And I'm saying, get out of her in Jesus' name. He said, I was so scared. And then all of a sudden, I mean, this girl had a high-pitched voice, you know. She talked to in the high pitch, And I heard all of uh, this girl saying, Now that you want me to leave her, where do you want me to go? And I said, Ooh. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I'm in class and I don't know the place very well. What is, what is he asking? Where do you want me to go? I knew I couldn't send him to hell. It's not yet time, right? And I'm thinking, go to the nearest river. Go to the nearest river. Go around, there must be a river around casting here. Go there. And she was on the floor. She's looking at me like this and didn't, didn't budge. She said, go. <laughs> You're laughing with you? Oh, I was so scared. And finally she collapsed. <laughs> She says, what happened? I said, uh, you had a dream and he just left. I tell you, those early days, you're laughing now, but it wasn't funny. <laughs> Every night I heard this voice from my head, my head when she was speaking. 
And I was praying, God, take the, the voice. You know, because the deep voice, I was hearing that in my head all the time. It scared me. And then, you know, just Jesus protect me. I told my friend, uh, I just, she manifested demon. She said, but good luck. She said, you got her saved. And she was, she was filled. She, she got saved. I said, look, don't ask me about theology. I'm just telling you what I saw, okay? And uh, it took me a while before I decided, they're scared of me. Amen? They are scared of me. You have the authority. They have no place in you. Realize, please realize this. It's your house. Amen? It's who you let in. And we'll come into that. It's who you let in. If you let them in, welcome them for any reason, consciously or unconsciously, they come in. And they maintain their rights. That they're supposed to be there. And until you say no, they stay there carrying out their, their activities. Remember, they, when they come out, they don't like it. You know why? This is not their realm. They are not supposed to be on the earth. Only flesh and blood supposed to walk on the earth. They can't express themselves. They can express themselves a little. And for Chris, for people, even Christians, we're dealing with someone on, on Sunday, who were just in counseling them, and they're scared. So a demon moves something in the room, and they go, did you see that? And they, they're scared. And they said, he moved the ball. He's a demon. He can only move it just a little bit. And says, hey, demon, is that how, that's the best you can do. Let me show you how he's done, okay? Let me show you how it's done. Pick that ball, move it all the way. He said, Demon, can you do this? He's not flesh. He's not supposed to be here. The greatest, if he's going to express himself, he's got to be in somebody. If he can find somebody, that's the, the avenue for greatest expression. If he can find somebody, then an animal may do. See, that's the principle you got to understand. But even if he's bugging you, you discover the truth. Remember the Bible says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. And then you give him a quick notice. Okay? I know I welcomed you, but you haven't been behaving like a good boy. Okay? And I, I want you out right now. It's your body. It's your house, right? I don't have to get anointing oil and pour all over my house. He knows you're scared. Not every time you can do that. But you don't act frantic because they're watching you. Okay? But you are the one that has the authority. I give unto you power to what? Tread on serpents and on scorpions. And what? Over all the power of the enemy. I mean, you're walking on them. And then he assures you. And nothing shall... By any means. Any means. There's no way they can try. Unless you give them chance. That's why the scripture says, whatever you bind on earth. In other words, whatever you allow on earth, heaven says yes to it. But if you say no, there's no way they can go. They can break the, the spiritual law. It's there. It's, there. it's almost like the law of gravity. You can't go against the law of gravity because I'm president's son. I can jump from this 
17-story building and I'll be okay. No, you're going to die. We'll bury you. Gravity is not going to make it happen. Gravity is a law. You understand what I'm saying? You can't go against the law. Even so, we have spiritual laws. And they understand spiritual laws. We just don't. But once you know the truth, they fear you because now you know the truth and you're free. There's no way they can hold you bound. You're free. Make sense? You're free. I lost my fear for them. I remember I was going to preach in a village back in Nigeria. And um, it's, it's some of us, if you're from that area, it's called Elume village. And, and the, all the villagers were telling me about this demon that comes up. They all knew about him. They, have, they had a name for him. And he, he cursed in front of them. And the preacher was telling me, I saw him. He came in front of me and was skipping in like a ball of light in front of me. And he, he, they said to me, he's going to be really mad if you go to hold this crusade in this field. He's going to be really angry. So go and fast and pray. And I said, I'm not fasting and praying. I've fasted and prayed in America before I got here. I'm not doing that. Because if I did that, that's indicating I'm scared. And he knows I'm scared. So I told him I'm not. They said, but, but good luck. This is your American Christianity. I said, this is not American Christianity. I'm not scared of him. He better get ready. If, there, if anyone is going to fast, that's going to be him. But I'm not fasting. I'm not fasting. We're going to drive him out of town. I remember a school principal, after the meetings I'd held a few times, she was saying, has anyone, I didn't know the name very well, has anyone seen these lights, you know, called that, and if they all yelled from the field, no. And she said, we drove him out of town. I said, good. Jesus drove him out of town. We don't have to be scared of him. We don't have to be. I better go back to my word, okay? <laughs> Telling too many stories. But this is what God has delivered to us. It's beautiful. He came that we might have life and have it more abundantly, not to be harassed by the enemy. He came to give us life. And we need to dig until we find that life. Demonic presence are responsible for all, all kinds of evil. I mean, I'm not saying possessed. I'm saying their presence is the cause of everything evil around us. That's it. That's just the truth. If for whatever reason a family allows a demonic force into their home, consciously or unconsciously, they are going to affect something is going to give in in that house. It could be husband and wife fighting like crazy. And they don't know why they're fighting. They fight, fight, fight every little thing. They fight over the toilet seat. They fight over all kinds of stuff. And it's like third world war. I mean, over little things that don't matter. And before long, they say irreconcilable difference. Have you heard that word before? It's not in the Bible, right? But they say it. And they're going to separate based on that. But, but it's a demonic force. How many of you know Paul Yongicho? Paul Yongicho, the pastor of the... 800,000 members church, big one in Korea. He said he, he had married two individuals in church, and they were glad this great pastor married them. And, but they fought like crazy. These two men and wife, they fought like crazy. And then they decided they were going to separate, the, you know, go their separate way and get divorced. And they called pastor. They said, Pastor, 
you joined us together in blessing. Now you come and bless us as we go our separate way. Pastor says, I don't know how to do that. I can't do that. But they say, you better come in now before we move. They packed everything. They were going to go just separate ways. And Paul Young just said, I didn't know what to do. So he went. He listened to the wife. He felt like we should kill the husband, you know. And then he listened to the husband. And he felt we should kill her. And he was, got so confused. They said, look, look, we can't talk to you anymore. We're just tired. Just hold our hands and pray for us. Just like you blessed us to put us, join us together. We're ready to go our separate ways. Bless us. You know, in third world country, pastor, they, you know, pastor give us the word, you know, pray for us. And he just held their hands and said, whatever this is, I break it in the name of Jesus. And then he said, what God has joined together, let and put their hands together and turned out like a big shot pastor and walked out. <laughs> Next day they called. They spent the whole night unpacking their stuff. True story. And they called and said, Pastor, we don't know why we were fighting so hard over silly stuff. Guess what was behind it? Demonic forces. When it doesn't make sense, suspected demon, okay? <laughs> and fight against it. And they'll give him. In other words, give him your quick notice. I want you out. You'll feel peace coming to that place. You definitely will. Let me go back to the scripture. Some things I will need to know. Um, the Bible says, First Corinthians 2, uh, 14, it says, the natural man does not understand the things of the Spirit of God. Right? Does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them. Because they are spiritually discerned. See, the Bible tells us in Romans, I believe chapter 8 verse 9. He says, but you are not in the flesh. Remember that? But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. What that means is, you are not a natural man. Please don't tell your neighbor at work. You are not a natural man, so what are you? (laughs) He's nuts. He's lost his mind. But that's what the scripture says. So what that means is, don't see things and analyze things and discern things like natural people, you'll make a lot of mistakes. We can't do that. You have to open your eyes and see things from the spirit. What did I do? <laughs> see things from the spirit viewpoint. Let me say this to you. I think I should read the scripture because it's so important. This is so important. Please help. You know, this is in Job. I need to. I need to read this so we can get this. Because there's a lot of principles in here. Based on everything that I've been saying. There's a lot of principles in here. In Job chapter 2 verse 4 through 7. The Bible says. uh, So Satan. In other words. uh, Satan. Answered the Lord and said. Skin for skin. You remember that scripture? Yes. All that a man has. He will give for his life. 
And it says, but stretch out your hand now. Who's to stretch out his hand? God, right? But stretch out your hand now and touch his bone and his flesh. And he will surely curse you to your face. Again, Job is going to curse you, God, if you stretch out your hand and touch his bone and his flesh. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, he is in your hand. Okay? But spare his life. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and struck Job with painful balls from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. Notice, he couldn't touch Job's body unless he got permission from heaven. Right? He couldn't. God had to say, okay, you can go. But you see, Satan will go beyond. And God gave him a limit. You don't kill him. You understand? You can touch his body. You can touch his bones. But you don't take his life. What does that mean? Satan can take a life. We think God's always taking a life. No. Satan can take a life. God will not allow us to be tempted above that which we are able. Right? It's the same principle there. God will not, if God's allowing it, God knows what he's doing. But if you are allowing it, that's your problem. You see, when God says yes, that's not what Job didn't want any of that. He was doing everything to get away from stuff like that. He had fears. But now, God granted him permission to do this. Notice, it wasn't God that made Job sick. Okay? God is not in that business. He gave permission to the enemy. Yeah, you can do it. But God himself wasn't involved in it. Right? God didn't do it. So, when that covering is taken... Guess who is going to affect the punishment? It's the devil. That's what I said. Demons enforce the curse. God doesn't get involved in it. You do anything to take the shield off, now you are exposed and Satan says, I got this person. And God cannot do anything about it. But you notice, God put a limitation. Don't take his life. <coughs> Let me ask you this. Satan was the one that made Job sick, right? What did he give to him? Saw painful balls, right? Some years ago, God was, I got this thought going in my mind, I knew it was God, kind of. Was that God that did that? That gave him the ball? Was God involved in any of that? He just allowed it. Now, there were real balls, right? So what happens if a doctor takes a needle and puts it into one of Job's balls and takes the sap out to take to the micro, uh, microscope, right? What do you think he'll find? He'll tell you what's going on there, right? He'll find, oh, it's bacteria. <laughs> Is that not what he'll find? 
You can't tell me he won't find nothing and he just had both. He'll find something there. The doctor will tell you, this is what's behind it. But I know better. Hello? I know better. The enemy is behind it. We think the enemy can't do this, but when God gives him permission, yeah, he can. He could, he could do that. The enemy was responsible for that. But if you take a sap out and you put it on that microscope, you'll find the reason. You'll find bacteria or whatever, it's virus, whatever you want to call it. It's right there. Have you ever wondered where HIV just all of a sudden appeared? The scientists will tell you how it came about. I said, demon. Excuse me? Am I making sense tonight? So don't be a natural person as a Christian. Don't discern things from the natural. See things from the spiritual viewpoint based on scriptures. And that's not the only scripture. The Bible tells us in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a matter be established, okay? Let a matter be established. Now, if you go to Genesis chapter, no, Exodus chapter 7, you'll see something, and I've shared this here before, so you understand, it's not like the enemy has power, but let me go back to that scripture. Notice, God in the Old Testament, during the time of Job, that's Old Testament, God allowed it, right? But what, did it, what has God told us in the New Testament? Matthew 18, verse 18. Whatever you allow on the earth, that's what heaven is going to be. This has been a big change. Hello? This has been a big change. It's not only what God says now. God says to us. And he cannot lie, right? We read scriptures and we just move along. But God has already told you. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Whatever you allow on the earth, whatever you bind on the earth, heaven says it's bound. If you don't bind it on the earth, heaven says it's not bound. If you allow Satan on the earth, heaven says, yeah, you can have your devil. It's all up to you. Whatever you lose on earth, and he says, if two of you shall agree concerning anything on the earth, because this is our realm. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What you allow is what God allows. Don't blame God. You allowed it. You allowed it. And God will respect it. Especially in the New Testament. You know, I said in the scripture, this is some of the things we need to think about. And I think about these things all the time. But please, I'm challenging you, brothers and sisters, all of us together. When you read Paul saying, I'm in, a, you know, I'm, I'm in a straits, you know. I have a desire to go be with the Lord. Remember that? He says, that's far better for me. And I also have a desire, you know, you guys need me. I need to preach to you guys. And then he says, well, I made up my mind. I'll stay around for a while. <laughs> You're going to tell me a human being determining way, when he wants to go? He has that much power. And then later he says, I fought a good fight. Remember that? I finished the race. There's a crown waiting for me and I'm now ready to be offered. And then it happens. 
And that's a lot of power. And I said, brother, good luck. That was Paul. Oh, yeah. Was he a Christian? Yes. Huh? We're all in the same family. Do you understand what I'm saying? My people perish for lack of, lack of knowledge. For lack of knowledge. Now, back to Genesis, I mean Exodus chapter 7. For, for our eyes to be a little open here. It seems like the people of the world and the Bible, Jesus told us that the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. Have you heard that scripture before? Yeah. Um, Pharaoh, Moses was talking to Pharaoh, remember? And he says, God said, you know, God of Israel, let my people go. And if you don't let my people go, I'm going to show you what God can do. And Pharaoh was looking at him like, okay. What you got? He says, well, I got my rod. He threw his rod down, right? And Pharaoh said, big deal, Moses. We've seen that stuff before, right? So he calls his magician. Show Moses. Remember that? And they were able to turn their rods into snakes using their enchantments. Right? Question. When they did that, were... They asked real snakes. God said real snakes. Good. Was God walking with them? Okay. So now my theology has been messed up right now. But you're making everything real difficult. You mean the devil can walk all of this? God said, right? We need to be. We need to have our eyes open, not to be afraid of those things. I saw that and I finally realized the enemy has certain things he can do but I said, this is not my theology has been messed up what's going on here? But what happened to their snakes or their walking sticks? What happened? Moses is what? Yeah, what? <laughs> Swallowed them all up. Was, was Moses' uh, uh, snake Father, when he got through eating them all up, no, it's exactly the same. They had to go home without their rods, right? In their hands. And I saw that Satan can cause cancer in your body, but the Holy Spirit kicks them all out of your body. And when it's true, nobody can explain what happened. Amen? Nothing can, no, they can explain what happened. If you go to Genesis chapter, I mean Exodus chapter 8, I don't know why I'm in Genesis tonight. (laughs) But if you go to uh, Exodus chapter 8, then you see the story again. And Moses is back to Pharaoh after they've turned uh, water to blood. And they did the same thing with their enchantment. And God didn't say, well, that wasn't true blood. It was only Moses' one that was true blood. But notice something. If you read, please go back to those scriptures. They can bring... They can turn the water into blood, right? But they can't reverse it. Have you noticed? They cannot reverse it. Moses, I'm thinking, what is wrong with them? You already got all your water turned into blood. You're going to make more of that? So you can't drink? That doesn't make sense. But they do it anyway. And then go back, Moses, please reverse it. Remember, you can read it. They can't reverse it. Satan doesn't know how to do good. Hello? Satan doesn't know how to do good. He, all he knows to do is something bad. Okay? He doesn't go the other way. 
He's one directional, just going, doing evil. He can't do good. So you don't go to that part for good. You're not going to get it. When Pharaoh needs the thing changed, he goes to beg Moses, please, I'm going to let them go. Just tell him eh, to reverse it. And then when Moses reverses it, his heart is hardened. What more can you do? That's the best he can do. Okay? These are things that we should think about. Amen? But notice, even as evil as Pharaoh was, every time he goes to plead, God answers. Are you, are you not amazed? And you're children of God. As resistant as he was to God. Yet, when he turns around, and, and it's even like he... I'm not sure if he knew he was just playing games. He's not going to do a go. But he begs Moses, and Moses begs God, and guess what? God says, "Okay, reverse it for them." That that amazes me. That's how good God is. Amen. He can't stop himself from doing good when he's asked to do it. Amen. He can't stop himself from doing it. That's who he is. He's a loving God. He wants to do good. And he'll do good. But if you read in that Exodus chapter 8, after the blood thing, then they, they, they brought frogs up. And Pharaoh said, big deal. Magicians, come over here. Show Moses what you can do. And they added to, to the frogs. They added more frogs now. Frogs all over their home everywhere. They were hurting from frogs. The magicians couldn't get the frogs away from themselves. That's amazing. And then Pharaoh now went back and said, uh, Please, uh, can you talk to him again for us? <laughs> we want the frogs out of this place, okay? We want. But were they able to bring frogs up? Yeah. It says, in the, read the scripture, they used the enchantments and they were able to bring up the frogs. Sometimes we are so religious, we won't open our eyes to see what the scripture is saying because we are afraid. But even though we go that way and be open and listen to what God is say, saying, it empowers you because you know what the enemy is doing and you know his limit and you know you have authority over him and you can reverse it. Notice what he said. They couldn't reverse it, but Moses could every time. Every time. But then something happened. Um, you can read in Exodus uh, verse 18, chapter 8, verse 18. Moses, God instructed him, tell Aaron, strike the dust with your rod and he'll become lice. And so Moses did. And so they tried to do the same thing. Okay? He says, now the magicians so worked, they were trying to get it done, with their enchantment to bring forth, forth lies. But they could not. So there were lies on man and beast. Then the magicians said to Pharaoh, guess what they said? This is the finger of God. Okay? 
They tried. Based on what they knew. But God has set a limit. Amen? <laughs> there was already a limit set. You can't go further. And they recognized that. They said, this is the finger of God. That's what they said. You know what that means? If you go to Luke chapter 11 verse 20. Please give me that scripture, Teresa. 11 verse 20. Jesus basically said this. If I cast out demons, by what? The finger of God. Can you see the words? Then the kingdom of God. Look at that. But if I cast out demons by the finger of God. Back then, even Pharaoh's magicians recognized where they couldn't cross the limit. This is it. After that is the finger of God. And whenever the finger of God is at work, look at what it is. The kingdom is there. The kingdom is there. That word finger of God means the spirit of God. Because you can read in another scripture, in Matthew, Matthew says, if I do these things by the spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is near. So there is a limit as far as where Satan can go. But he can do certain things. But to us, God has given us all the power. And nothing shall by any means hurt us. And Jesus made it clear. If you can only believe, all things are possible to those who believe. So we have the authority to absolutely say, no, I don't want this in my family. And I don't care what it is. But remember the scriptures, a double-minded person is unstable in all his ways. And let not that man think he'll ever receive anything from God. So if you're standing that I don't want this, don't go back and forth because the enemy know you're not fully persuaded. You're not fully persuaded. Paul says, I'm fully persuaded. So double-mindedness means you are not fully persuaded. And if you are not fully persuaded, there's no faith. When there is a strong faith, you could have doubts. But you are fully persuaded. There's a difference. So we need to be fully persuaded. And the way to get ourselves fully persuaded is go back to the scripture over and over again until the Spirit of God finally tells you, this is for me and I'm not tolerating anything different. Basically, they shall know the truth and the truth will make me free. So when I'm having a problem... Maybe with finances, God, what's going on here? I'm tithing. I'm doing everything that I know to do. What's happening here? Then I find the scripture to stand on, whatever that scripture is. The easiest one will be Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I will never no one. Amen? And so I spent the first one week telling the Lord, you are my shepherd. Okay? Till my heart believes it, right? And I already believe it. But my word, it's right there. God, you are my shepherd. 
you are my shepherd. I want to be your sheep. You are my shepherd. And you stay with that till your heart is fully persuaded. So if you're sleeping and I say, hey, brother, the Lord is my shepherd. <laughs> Hello. He comes out of you. You're not even thinking anymore. That's part of you now. You understand what I'm saying? It's what you are fully persuaded about. And then my next step is, since he's my shepherd, I've got it made. I'll never know what. How? I just don't know. God is able. So he will walk out a way for me somehow through the wilderness. And if there is a demonic force, God will eventually reveal it to you. Says, this is what is wrong. Notice something I said. You can never ask God a question and he won't answer you. You know how I know that? Because nobody ever asked Jesus any question and he ignored it and never answered back. He tell you, right? It never happened. Even when it was bad question and they were trying to trap him, he still answered them. And it was God manifested in the flesh, right? What you saw in him is exactly what his father was like. Every time the disciples came and they asked a question, he would sometimes go really long, right? And I was hearing the preacher says, sometimes he explains it to you, and when it's true, you're almost more confused than when you started. <laughs> He's gone. And then you wait for a while, the disciples say, huh? what is he saying? And then finally, he says something, okay, we got it now. You don't have to, we got it. Now you're making a lot of sense. Have you read that in John? Now you're speaking clearly. They got it now. And we really believe now. But it took them a while, right? But he, he will always answer. So every time we ask him questions, whatever is going on in my life, because we are dearly loved by him, he certainly will answer. And, and he'll let you know that this is the answer. Even if it's coming from somebody else. Or maybe a child playing, saying something, and all of a sudden something tells you, he grabs your attention, and you get the witness. That's your answer. It just came from a child playing and has no idea about what you were doing with your God. That God will answer you. Amen? Amen. He will always answer. He's a good God. So, we have that authority against the enemy anytime. And we need to recognize that, oh my gosh, I'm closing right now. I'm stopping. But, you know, preachers say finally and then finally another finally. <laughs> Sin is what opens the door for the enemy to come into our lives. And the disciples in that day understood it. In, Mass, in John chapter 9, they saw this man who was blind, born blind, you remember? And immediately they asked Jesus the question, who sinned? Remember that this happened to the man. In that case, it was something that God allowed for his purpose. Remember, see the allowing here? There's a difference. God allowed that for his purpose. But Jesus didn't say, that doesn't happen. No, forget that. No, because you, that can be the case. And you can go back to John chapter 5, the man at the pool, and Jesus healed him, and then Jesus found him later and said to him, don't sin anymore. Let something worse than, the, than what you had come upon you. So there is a principle there. The, the door is sin. 
is simple action, but then you're crippled physically because a demon is involved. Right? It is very important. We need to recognize this. That's where we're going. So we need to find the root. What happened? What did I do? How did I open the door? Did I do it consciously or unconsciously? And if I did, would you forgive me, God? Once you ask for forgiveness, you're forgiven. And that means their ground is taken away. The lease is over. They got to go now. And then the next thing to do is say, you got to go now. Uh, You're no longer welcome. And they know the law. They got to go. Stand up with me tonight. It's taking too much time. Thanks for being patient with me (laughs) with the time. I went ahead and overboard. (laughs) Father, we're so grateful. Thank you for your words revealed to us. Where we lose our fear of the devil and his angel. Because we are sons and daughters of the living God. And our faith is the victory. We have overcome the world. Even the faith that we have in you. Bless your people tonight. As they go, Lord, let them have visions of heaven. Even in their sleep. May their sleep not be tortured in any way. But let them receive blessings in their dreams and in their sleep. Because we are truly loved by you. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. God bless you.